Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate this is greg olson inviting you to check out my new blue wire podcast te1 where i interview tight ends throughout the history of the nfl who have helped revolutionize the position TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Coming at you, it is Thursday night. I don't even know what night of the week it is. I had to hesitate on that because it has been an intense week, especially in the world of Chelsea. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about. As always, your host, Brandon, join my Nick and Dan, and we're going to be previewing the Crystal Palace match at the weekend. But we also have some Champions League news that we get to talk about as well. So uh, plenty to cover in this one, gentlemen. I think, uh, look, we've had matches. We've had draws. We've had transfer stuff go out. We talked to Matt Law the other day. It's been a busy week, but I think all in all, the, there's no signs, Dan, of this train hurtling off the tracks at high speed stopping anytime soon well no because even though there's an international break coming up soon you know we've got great content coming we've got chelsea women's content coming we have chelsea youth not just about chelsea youth but the chelsea youth phil joining us again to talk about what's been going on at the academy oh, yeah. so far this season maybe a little joe tweed special in there if we can we want to do a little bit of a listener mailbag nick so we've got tons of stuff to keep people occupied on the back of what was our biggest month in podcast history. No numbers necessarily to share, but we've just been blown away with the support. The numbers were big, is what we can say. <laughs> they were like when you look at when you look at the sky and you say how many stars are there? A lot. Oh, yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of stars up there. You guys were unbelievable in in September. I mean, my God, we was it I mean, a significant amount more than the previous highest month, right? Like, I mean, we're we're talking massive. So I know, no, we're not going to share any hard numbers because look, the competition's out there scouting us all the time. We can't give them game <laughs> tape, but um, but yeah, you guys are absolutely incredible, and uh, 
I know we're doing the uh, the Kai Havertz shirt giveaway, right? So that's a thing that we could talk about. We're gonna we're gonna announce that on Brandon Sunday. Yeah, we're gonna pick it Sunday, and then we'll announce it during the international break. You know, when we're gonna need some stuff to fill uh, that up. Uh, Bruce has asked me to do a little bit of a video and commentary on that, so I don't know what to expect, but. Uh, yeah, we're going to pick on Sunday and release next week. So again, for your chance to win a free Kai Averts kit, it can be home away or third, your choice. Pick third, uh, cowards. Pick third. <laughs> pick the third. Uh, head over to our YouTube channel uh, to the video about Kai Averts' hat trick um, and subscribe. Leave a comment about what your favorite goal was and like the video. And again, winners will be picked Sunday. So only a couple days left. If you want but to get a free Kai Averts kit. The the point the point of that saying that is you guys were so incredible in September that we'll likely be doing more fun giveaways and stuff like that this season because we can and you guys were awesome. So very, very accurate, very fair on that one. Um all right, Dan, I'm gonna run us through a little bit what we're gonna talk about because I think you'll have something right off the back of this is that A, we're gonna talk about Palace starting the season good form under Roy Hodgson. Is Boy. this a must win for Ch- Chelsea? Yeah. What must Frank do from a lineup perspective to stop leaking goals and then the Champions League draw? So, Dan, again, Palace on the rise. When it comes to a Premier League table, Palace are above Chelsea. And I know it's early days, but they're justifiably above Chelsea. Well, it's going to be the thing that they unfortunately at some point take a screenshot of and they have a tweet go out this week or next week. It's like, Crystal Palace in the European spots. And then like six months later, when they're absolutely in like 11th or 12th position, we can kind of go back to it and point be like, remember when? That's a good throwback Thursday. That's a good time for us to go back to when Crystal Palace were in European competition for the start of the season. But through the first three games, they are ahead of us on the table through some wonderful penalty situations, some VAR intervention and loyalty points being redeemed very early in their season. And that's just the way that it rolls, you know? I mean, we had a chance to play against a crazy good West Brom side. And, you know, this mediocre team called Liverpool managed to pull one over on us. So, you know, ultimately, just a really interesting set of circumstances for us. Look, I I mean... Palace, we when we when we did a preview for the season, Palace were not uh, thought of to to be sixth. I'll put it that way. <laughs> you know, I think they were they were more towards the bottom there, Brandon. Um, but well, I, I've watched two of their three matches. They were really competitive against Everton, and Everton's off to a flying start this year, so that's that's no small feat. And they straight up played a really smart tactical match against Manchester United. I mean, they were they were well worth the victory against United, who were absolutely atrocious. But they had the right tactical game plan to stifle them and then hit them on the counter. And honest to God, Palace could have scored five or six against United. It was it was that brutal. Um, they missed some of they missed two of the easiest chances I've seen since you watched Chelsea play. So uh, I think I think we're in this in this mode, Brandon, where because, of course, when you look at the beginning of our season, it's like, oh, West Brom should be a win. Palace should be a win. Brighton was a win, thankfully. Uh, this is probably not going to be an easy one. Unfortunately, um, probably not. Maybe at the beginning of the season, you're like, hey, first three matches or first four matches, you're like, all right, Liverpool will be tough. You've got Brighton. You've got West Brom. You've got Palace. You're like, all right, you know what? Three out of four, pick up the points. 
Well, now we're sitting here on four points, hoping to get another three points against Crystal Palace. It's not the situation you would have predicted us going into it. Um, But again, Chelsea are where we should be, and Palace are where they should be. So now it's up to Frank and company to go prove on the day, over 90 minutes, that Chelsea are far superior than Crystal Palace, and we can jump them and get to seven points and hopefully get back into a round top four, which is obviously where we want to be and maintain. The longer it goes that we're outside the top four, the harder it's going to be to get in. So we don't want to slip up early. Again, Leicester looked good. Liverpool looked good. Everton looked good. All right. They've, they're all three and oh, and they're starting to build goal differences. You know, Leicester are almost a double digit goal differences. Thanks city. Um, there's a team you don't see in the top nine. And so it's, again, just something we don't want to get behind in too early. Um, so, uh, look, I, if you kind of go back to the United match, I thought Palace were brilliant against United. Yeah. Very competent. United weren't bad. They were also wasteful in the chances that they had. Um, but I watched that one too, Nick, and I thought, I, I genuinely thought Crystal Palace looked in control. They knew what they wanted to do. And unsurprisingly, Crystal Palace are happy to defend deep with one Champions League winner Gary Cahill when fit um, and they look to hit on the break and they look really good on the break obviously uh, Wilf Zaha is still there IU is running the 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 line for them Benteke just came back obviously Mishi went on loan there from Chelsea he's not going to be involved but he's again a sub for them he's not even cracking the starting lineup so um, I, I there should be no surprises when it comes to how we need to set up against this team but again, it's going to come back to, are we going to take care of business and do it? But again, they're a counterattack team. They're not going to want the ball. They're going to sit deep. That's what we're going to have to deal with. Yeah, I, I pulled, I pulled the stats for this, and you know, there's three. There's, you? Look, <laughs> stats. Look, uh, as you're listening to this, and you're like, "Wow, what a really tight, awesome script that these guys are going off of." It's because I wrote it this time instead of Dan's novel long scripts it's it's nick bringing in a lot of screenshots and and organizing you know look i'm i'm a i'm an organized person typically i'm saying that sarcastically obviously um i i pulled some stats palace average about 32 percent possession a game okay they're, they're not a big possession team they had 24 per 24 8 against united and they played brilliantly so it does set up dan our worst nightmare, <laughs> which is control the ball all match, mm-hmm. dominate possession, dominate passes, dominate shots, and lose one nil to Crystal Palace. Like that's the way it could set up because uh, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna come out of their shell very often. Well, you're also ruling out the possibility of crazy handball situations. Mm. You're not factoring in maybe the the Mendy effect with having a goalkeeper between the sticks that at least on a statistical level is at or above the Premier League average for shots stopped in a season. We did it. So there's just so many factors and permutations that go into the calculus of this particular match that we didn't have in our our last one, Brandon, when it comes to having some of the players now fit where we didn't necessarily have Chilwell available for our first couple of matches. Mendy wasn't available for our first couple of matches. We were still getting that deal across the table. Maybe we have a Pulisic sighting. Maybe we have a Ziyech sighting for this weekend. 
Like those are all things that just start to change what the composition of this this matchup is going to look like. Where if we actually have a fully operational Chelsea team, or if we're still a little bit away from being fully fit. Right. And this is probably a good place to put the disclaimer that we're recording before Frank's pre-match press conference. Uh, but again, he doesn't really give much about that anyway. So um, we probably know who's going to be there. It sounds like Ziyech is the closest one knocking on the door to returning from fitness, but um, we'll, we'll still have to wait and see. So we can obviously talk in generalizations, but it's look with Chelsea right now, it's always going to come back to who is healthy because every week from here on out, we should be getting more people back and getting closer to a full strength squad. But look, these guys are still looking to get fitness, right? Ben Chilwell has not played 90. Tiago Silva has not played 90. There's quite a few guys out there that are still building. Um, unlike Mason Mount, who's played about 6,000 minutes already in the first four <laughs> matches this season. Um, but that's, that's just, a stat that you can count on. <laughs> that's just the, uh, the way it's set up. Um, and we can get into that a little bit. Um, so real quick, we're going to take a break. Um, but thank you to the sponsors for supporting the show. When we get back, it's all about talking about Crystal Powell's looking to set a record. Uh, is this a must win for Chelsea? And a lot of predictions, right? You want to know the lineup predictions? We're here to mess it up. But we're going to do that right after this break. Fellas, 2020 has made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped have made it easy to turn your bathroom into your own private salon. Manscaped is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products, and they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. The Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. The waterproof technology also allows you to groom in the shower and for up to 90 minutes. They also just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, which is perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer. Their perfect package comes with two free gifts and other liquid formulations to complete your ball trimming routine. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, so you know your disco stick is in good hands. You're probably sitting on the couch with your hands on your balls anyways. Might as well keep them smelling fresh with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, an anti-chafing ball deodorant designed to defend against the below-the-waist odors. When that summer humidity hits, I use these to keep my balls from sticking to my legs. They even use the Crop Reviver Ball Toner that is spray-on toner for your testicles. Their foot duster, foot deodorant, is so good that it can even reduce the odor of the dirtiest feet. Use the code LONDONISBLUE and get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Basically, all I'm saying is if you love your package, all you have to do is go to their site, hit a few buttons on your phone, and it will change your life for the better. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code LONDONISBLUE and upgrade that salon with the luxury products of Manscaped. You've counted on restaurants, and now they are counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. That's right. DoorDash is the app that brings the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is super easy. You just open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting, which I encourage. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory. But they have the added bonus of having some of your favorite local spots on there as well, which I, I personally love to support my local restaurants like Lulu's in Kansas City. What's up? Shout out to you guys. I've eaten from you a lot this year. <laughs> right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more, which is not hard to do, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word. 
That's right, $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Do it. Okay, Nick, what in the world did you dig up on Crystal Palace and what the the potential opportunity in front of them is with this match against us? As I as I said, I'm I'm a well researched guy. I, I put together a fine script here and I just like to find nuggets, you know, little nuggets here and there that, that could bring value to the audience, unlike Dan's normal scripts, which are boring. Um no, I I'm looking at Crystal Palace could become just the second team in Premier League history. So you know this is gonna be good. To win at Stamford Bridge and Old Trafford in consecutive away matches when they take on Chelsea uh, on Saturday, looking to build on their impressive recent victory against United. Uh, that's actually pretty crazy um, to think of. You know, the odds are that you wouldn't play two consecutive away matches at Old Trafford and Stamford Bridge, so the sample size is pretty pretty small. But like, mm-hmm. only one other team has done that. <laughs> successfully and if you think about that over you know what is it 28 seasons now in the premier league like one out of 28 seasons uh, is not statistically uh good dan which means they're probably due that's just the law of averages oh you always like to paint it as a doom and gloom scenario i am always the eternal optimist and feel like this is the opportunity for Chelsea to, as they would say uh, in uh, basketball parlance, because it is the NBA Finals, it's an opportunity for us to rebound. Bounce back. It's a chance for us to rebound mm. from our Tottenham match. Boy, that's tough. <laughs> Nick, who is the first team who's done this? Do you know? Nope. <laughs> sure. I'm sure just curious. Oh, great nugget there. Great you, nugget. Look, you would assume it'd be like a top team, right? Like, it's not going to be Southampton. It's not going to be Burnley or Wigan from back in the day. It's, and so I think it's probably more impressive for Crystal Palace. Um, look, gentlemen, as we get into it, is this a must win for Chelsea? It's hot. Is it? No. But. You have that look in your eye. You have that look in your eye. If we don't, losing and going into the international break with four points after four matches will be hard to take. It'll be the international break will be that much longer. We have a bunch of players getting called up. Like Ben Chilwell's called up, and it's just like, why? He hasn't, even, again, has not played 90 minutes. He shouldn't be playing for England. He, he's not healthy to play for Chelsea. But, you know, Gareth Southgate is out to ruin players. So that's probably going to happen for us. I just I'm concerned significantly uh, on on the form going into the national break. You want to get that win so you can at least kind of like release a lot of the pressure on that they put on themselves. Thankfully, I don't think Chelsea are that interested in listening to what social media has to say, um, which is great because if social media ran a club, it would be a disaster. You think Romans changed managers a lot in the last X amount of years? Well, he welcome to Twitter. Uh, it would be monthly. So, um, I, I look, Nick, I don't think it's a must win, but I think it was going to be tough if we don't. Because remember, that would be two losses going to international break because I'm trying to forget about the Tottenham match midweek. Yeah, we all are, Brandon. That's smart to try and drink it away as you're doing. That's the only way to do it. Um, yeah, look, uh, Dan... I know that I can be at times slightly pessimistic, 
But I, I do think that there is a little bit of smoke where there's fire here, right? It, I know it's pre like we've called this a faux preseason. I know that the team is not fully fit. I know that there are a lot of, of potential excuses. However, you only have so many of these bottom six matches, uh, which I would typically put Crystal Palace in, in or around that territory. Mm. And West Brom was a disaster by all accounts. I mean, it was it was just not good. So you, you kind of have to win this one, right? Like, I think just looking at the inconsistent form to start to the season, losing to Spurs, although it was in penalties in a competition that is not the highest value in our in our priority list, it still sucks to lose the Spurs. And there's a lot of squad upheaval with some of the outgoings now. Like... Frank has to start to settle in a little bit on on what's going to potentially work, and I I don't want to put any extra pressure on the team, but like this at home, this should be a win. So if we take a look at just like what the recent history has been with Crystal Palace, so last season won both of our matches, a two nil victory, and then a three mm-hmm. two thriller. The season prior was a 3-1 and then a uh, a 1-0 with a, a Conte stunner that we had a chance to to see that was right. quite enjoyable. Uh, and then if you go back one more season, uh, that's when you start to actually start to look at like split season performances. So 2-1 at the end of the season, but a 2-1 loss at the uh, in, in the start of that uh, Antonio Conte season that did not end well. Uh, nope. And then actually we lost to them at the tail end of our champions with uh, – Premier League champion season against uh, in under Antonio Conte's reign. So, in general, our results actually tend to be pretty solid against Crystal Palace at, on a whole. It does, though, tend to be players like Zaha or like a crazy Benteke goal or an Azpilicueta own goal that end up leaving us in a bad position. So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it, I don't know if it's necessarily a must win. I I think there is still the factor of if we look at, I think it's going to be predicated on the lineup though. If we have Chilwell, Mendy, Havertz, Werner, Ziesch with the first start, I think if you start to see five or six or seven of our new signings that we had this summer make the starting lineup, then I think you get a little less leniency around kind of, okay, well, all of the, pieces are starting to fall into place this is a team that should be very beatable that Chelsea beats with a high level of regularity if you're getting caught out that maybe Brandon doesn't necessarily feel like the right answer you know to walk away with a a one point draw or zero points potentially if we were to lose again I hear you (laughs) but look I'm not doomsdaying I'm not anywhere close to saying Frank Lampard out any of that stuff I just know that it How is generous. It's well, it's not an unpopular opinion apparently in some parts of. Yeah, don't media. read Twitter if you're a, a big fan of Frank Lampard this week. Yikes! Yeah, it's, it's a stupid. It's that's your opinion. That's their opinion. Well, no, but but no, uh, well, I think ours that, is what right. Gets lost. <laughs> bit, what gets lost irrational. is is context. Is that you can do both things at the same time. You can love the fact that Frank Lampard is the manager. You can appreciate him as a as a player and everything he's done. And but you also can be like, hey, I'm scratching my head because I don't understand the tactics or the plan, or hey, this substitution looked weird to me, or this didn't work appropriately. 
how did this happen? And and do so in a way that's that's constructive or conversational and doesn't, you know, Nick go to the extreme of, oh my God, Frank out, or oh my God, you have to back him with, you know, undying kind of devotion. Yeah, I, I don't I, I think we do a good job of this. Like you know, not to toot our own <laughs> horn, like but like I, I do I think we're fair about this. Uh, you know, we all question the West Brom lineup. All of us. And and we had the right to do that because we had a three three come from behind win. And and I think that we've criticized his tactics before. And I think that we've we, we can be critical without being demonstrative or outrageous. You know, it's I think it's totally fine to be objective and say like, hey, man, the, the West Brom performance was not good enough. The team did not perform, you know, and I certainly don't think that he had his best day out as a manager against West Brom. Mm. So you could say that and still understand that what he achieved last year by any measure was a success. And our hope, you can, I think you can also be hopeful that he's going to figure it out this year, too, once the team is a little bit more settled. But it is his job to get this thing on the right path now. And it, and it hasn't quite been there yet. It's very early, but there's not a whole lot of wiggle room in the Premier League either. So you, you see how it's very easy to be critical, but also look at the bigger picture here. I, I think that's what we're trying to do. Well, and, and he's invited in that level of criticism as well. You know, in every post-match press conference and every pre-match press conference, he has talked about what the expectation is at Chelsea. And the expectation at Chelsea is to to win trophies. And I think if, if any manager in that seat at Chelsea was going to understand the expectation, uh, it would be the, the versions of Mourinho that have sat in that chair previously and now Frank Lampard. Because they understand what winning means and how important that is to the, the DNA or the identity of this side. And I, I don't know. I, I, I believe in what we're trying to accomplish. I believe that patience is required because I think the, the other thing is, is that you look at the early results from Liverpool, who look pretty sharp as it were. It doesn't look like they've kind of slowed down in any capacity. Uh, City with some just wonky performances to start here. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a really whack-a-mole season. And you're going to see, you see Thiago uh, has COVID. You see three people from West Ham players in West Ham have COVID. Like, it is going to be a wild season. And until we are three, four, five, six results back from the top, I wouldn't count us out of anything right now. Like this is going to be such an unpredictable season, Brandon, that like patience is going to be the thing that is going to be hard to come by, but be required of us. Well, if you want to toot your own horn, I was on the PL fan zone today, which was <laughs> oh. a ton of fun. <laughs> just dropping, dropping a little heat. No, no big deal. But I was just on. It's fine. What? Yeah, it was the, fun. The only was one who short. didn't have work at that time. Yeah, we get it. Well, Anyways, um, what I did say, because they're talking about, you know, is there a ton of pressure on Lampard after all these signings and things like that? And my point was, and that what I made was that I get we've done a lot of business, but remember, this is two years worth of business we're doing. We didn't do any business last summer, last winter. We've lost Eden Hazard. We're playing catch up a little bit. So if you Mm. were to like split it up in half and say, hey, you spent 150 million last summer, 150 million this summer. That's not that bad. What we're trying to do is condense a lack of two transfer windows into one. And that's tough. As they talk about Liverpool, and I was like, they've got a five-year head start with Klopp. 
They're adding one to two players a season. We're trying to build the whole thing right now and mesh and go in a season without a preseason with, you know, a crazy break with the pandemic. So I was like, look, Frank knows better than anyone the pressure that it takes to be successful at Chelsea. He did it as a player for a really long time, and he's not going to let that standard slip as manager, which I think is great. But at the same time, there's a lot that needs to happen for this to be a successful season. And so I also just want to remind people that are maybe like Lampard out and all this stuff is like, I we're condensing two into one. I think if he would have gotten half the players last summer and half the players this summer, we'd be in a much better spot. But here we are, you're trying to mesh seven players instead of three or four. So that was kind of my point on, on where it stands and how it's all kind of settling. Um, But Chelsea's Chelsea. You got to, got to step up and do it. All right, let's jump into some predictions real quick. Likely 11s. What must Frank do from a lineup perspective to stop leaking goals? Well, I mean, we only gave one up against Spurs, so I guess that's a step in the right direction as we try to find another uh, elusive clean sheet. Um, So if you guys go for your starting lineup, uh, I was kind of looking through these. I think they're, they're pretty similar for the most part. I think, Nick, you probably have the most radical one. Uh, I think Dan and I have the same minus one change. So um, who who are you looking at to start this, this season or I'm sorry, this match, what's your formation and kind of why did you go with who you went with? Massive four, three, three fan. I think we, we were all aware of that by this point. Uh, so I'm going with a four, three, three with Mendy playing goalkeeper. Um, that will just be an automatic write-in. Shock! It sounds like <laughs> for for some time now. So that you know, it takes a little guesswork out of the goalkeeper position because that's been really back and forth. Um, Reese James, who needs to play really well against Wolf Zaha, because um, Zaha started off the season pretty well. Just just calling that out. And Reese has been a little weird defensively. Um, I I still have Tamori and Zuma in there. I think they're our best center back partnership by a country mile. Um, there's rumors of of Tamori maybe loan, maybe not, but I would play him if I could. Just knowing that they're going to play counter, right, and that we're going to need some speed back there. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't work that well against West uh, West Brom to have um, Silva back there. So I have Tamori Zuma, Chili B as my left back, probably replaced in the 60th minute with Aspi. Uh, I have N'Golo Kante, Ruben Loftus-Cheek coming back in the lineup. Random. Let's do it. Shop window needs to go out on loan, so I think it's a shop window game. And then Kai Havertz as an eight, a proper eight. And then I have Callum, Timo, and Tammy up front. Callum playing on the right. Okay. Okay. All right. My Dan, logic you, is impeccable, by the way. Impeccable. Do you want to go, just, or do you want me to go? Since we're pretty I can, close, I can go. I just, I think with Nick's, if you're about to try to sell something, you're typically not using it right beforehand, right? Like you're not taking a massive bike trek before you're like going on Craigslist to go sell that bike to someone else, like for One fear last of ride, baby. damaging it. So funny, funny interjection. When I sold my car a few years ago, the day I was going to <laughs> trade it in. It was icy in Minneapolis, and we were just on a small street, like not fast or anything, and I got rear-ended, and I was just like, of course, of all days, I've had this car for (laughs) four years, never anything, the day, 
didn't crack the bumper or anything, still traded it in. So, Dan, you know, maybe you just use it one last time, hope nothing yeah. happens, and then you send it off. I mean, so it could, it could play out that way. Yeah, an injury to um, a, a limb to either Tamori or Ruben potentially spells a, a wrecked season for them if they don't see an opportunity to get minutes here and are looking at a loan. So I, I get the desire to want to see them start. I just think... If I'm looking at a likely 11, not necessarily 100% my preferred, but I, because I, I think the Zuma Tomori partnership is the one to go with. I think you see Mandy James Zuma, 100% agree. I think you see Silva coming back in. I think you also see Chilwell as well. Looks like he's just ready to start after his uh, midweek appearance. Then his uh, press conference looked really good as well. Um, with this, the shaggy hair. Uh, Conte, Kai, and Mount as your kind of midfield three. And then Calm Hudson, Adoy, Werner, and Tammy as the uh, the front three. So I, I agree that a 4 3 3 is probably what we're going to do with this one just to try to push the attack forward, Brandon, and get into good spaces that will allow us to take high quality chances and uh, score some goals. Well, there's a guy named Eric Muggle on our Discord who told me to stop <laughs> complaining about a 4 3 3 or 4 2 3 1 because the back line is the only real formation you have. The rest of it is semantics. So Shane. Who cares what my formation is other than I have a back four and then I have six attackers. You figure out where they go, Shane. Mendy in goal, James Zuma, Silva, Chilwell as well, just like Dan. I went with a Conte Kova double pivot because I think that's what Frank's going to do, not what I want him to do. And then my three is Werner Averts Mount, who I think needs a sub, and Tammy Abraham up top. So... I'm going with what I think Frank's going to do, not going with what I want to do, not going with what I think is going to win. I'm trying to predict what Frank does. I think Mason needs rest. I would love to see Tamori, but I think he's going to play Zuma and Silva. I think Chilwell, again, won't play 90, to your point, Nick. I think that's smart. Conte is a Premier League player. He's only going to play in the Premier League this season, some Champions League games. Uh, and you're definitely going Kova over Jorginho. And then the, the attacking players kind of pick themselves. There's no width. So maybe I would like to see Ziyech in like the last 25 minutes or so if he's if he's healthy enough. You can just give him a run. Callum has, seems to be a good option coming off the bench. I see these I, Mia, San, Mia tweets that apparently Byron still want to loan him. Um, the actual good news is that apparently Inter Milan are selling or loaning one of their left backs to Ren. And so that might pave the way for Alonzo. So there's that 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 could be a positive. But I just I don't know. Inter have the weirdest squad in the history of squads, by the way. Yeah. They have the most random collection of really talented players I've ever seen. And none of them fit together. It's just I think that's what Antonio Conte likes, which is which is kind of weird about it. Um, Victor Moses is still at Cobham, but he's not training with the first team. He's outside of our bubble. Apparently they have a first team bubble. So Anyways, uh, let us know what you guys think of these predictions. Uh, I think it's an absolute crapshoot, and I hate when we do them because I feel it's it's so forced rather than, hmm, based on this match, based on who we just played, based on the next match, we should pick these people. No, it's like outside of center backs, we have no depth, and that's not even a lot of depth there. So weird situation to be. Uh, who are the Palace players that we should be most afraid of? I can't wait to hear what Nick pulls out of his hat after the last time he he played this game. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, two, two yeah. terrible effects. Yeah. All right. So, 
let's just, we're knocking on wood. That's all we're doing. <laughs> we're going to knock on wood that this player does not go off. Uh, a, a weird one, because I, I, I watched Palace play the last two. I thought that Jeff Schlupp looked pretty incredible for them, to be honest with you. He ran the game against United. I think was by far their best player. Was pulling out tricks. Like on the on the left wing, because I, I knew he has longer hair than Zaha. I was like, is that Zaha just doing all sorts of random... Sh-? No, it was Schlupp. Jeff Schlupp played incredible. He is kind of like a weird... He's not quite a 10. He's not quite a winger. He's not quite an 8. I don't know what position he actually plays. It's a strange one, but... He, uh, he looks to be in pretty good form, so we got to be aware. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Dan, what about you? I think it has to go to the man who has scored against us with most regularity in recent memory, and that is going to be Zaha. And I know, Brandon, I'm stealing your thunder as well, but if I'm just looking at... I mean, if you, you want to also give it to maybe Benteke, who just only seems to score against Chelsea for them, which is... Again, like it's it's why you keep Alonso for I guess Tottenham in the league, maybe not Tottenham in a cup match, but Alonso scoring against Tottenham is a pretty standard thing to get you six points in the Premier League. Maybe Zaha against Chelsea is at least getting good enough for one goal. Um I was looking back though, like some of the goal scorers we've had in recent memory versus Palace are just super odd. Like in our loss to them in April 2017, Fabregas scored, but it was Zaha and Menteke that scored. When we look at 2015 in the Mourinho season, Falcao was the goal scorer for us. And they they had Joel Ward and Sacco score. Like just, I don't know, these, these games are weird, but I think it, you know, in a weird type of matchup, you go with what the consistent option is. And Zaha to me is the consistent threat that they have. Maybe Ayu, if, if you, you know, we kind of target Zaha, Ayu maybe gets a little more space. Ayu is my other one. He, he's quite good. Can be. Can be. Again, it should be a two-on-one with him at all times. Zuma should be up his backside denying feet the entire time. But again, it's, you know, Zaha, you know, we've seen Reese James dominate Zaha, and we've seen Zaha dominate Reese James. So it's kind of the rubber match for them, show who's going to be dominant out there on that on that side of the pitch. Um, as far as goes, like, reasons why Chelsea will win, uh, I have, I think Chelsea need to go all out before an international break. I know a good amount of our players are called up to the national teams, but it, it's still more casual at the international team camp than it is at the club camp um, because it's a lot more about um, keeping the spirits high, building chemistry, having fun while they're there uh, versus really getting after it and do a lot of preseason type work. So I think they just need to go balls to the wall, uh, do everything they can and then take some sort of a break uh, over this next, you know, seven to 10 days or so. Uh, Dan, why in your mind are Chelsea going to win? Reaction to midweek. I think that this team has some fight in it. They have a little bit of pride and getting knocked out against Tottenham at Tottenham in a penalty shootout is going to reverberate through their minds in the way that I'm sure Frank and the coaching staff talked about it and the way they probably have talked about it as players. And I'm looking for a reaction. I'm looking for us to come out super hungry. And we've seen this before from this Chelsea side that like if they get punched in the mouth occasionally, they do come back with with some spite, with some fero- uh, ferocity that they should should carry typically. 
But, uh, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of reaction for that to happen. And so this is going to be the reaction match to that, Nick, that, that in my mind. Yeah, I mean, think about our goal scorers the last few games. I mean, it's been Havertz. It's been Tammy. It's been Werner. It's, you know, I mean. Mason. Mason. Like, you start to put some of these puzzle pieces together <laughs> with any sort of lineup. And, like, hypothetically, the law of averages would say that they start scoring together more frequently. <laughs> like, I, I, I think I think it's very plausible that Chelsea could win this game 3-1, you know, with, with goals from Havertz and Werner and Tammy. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I feel I, I don't feel desolate when it comes to goals scored. I'm just I am always worried about the back line. I'm worried about the disconnect in midfield. Once we get it up front, I'm less worried. But but boy, the other two phases haunt me. It's fair. I it's yeah. <laughs> we the the chemistry, the gel, the transition. I think those to your point are the things we are looking for. Um, why will Chelsea lose or maybe draw? I said same shit, different match. Which is my turn to steal your thunder, Dan. Uh, you took the Zaha Brandon, thunder. We, we don't, as Matt Law indicated, we don't use naughty language on mm. this podcast. What did you he dickhead? say? That was like the least dickhead. naughty thing I've ever heard. Dickhead. <laughs> no dickheads rule. I was waiting for something big too, and he just said dickhead, and I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, you're good. No, we we're not even gonna Mom. put the E rating on that one. Mom, Brandon's being a dickhead again. <laughs> uh, look, brother. well, I mean, usage, uh, you know, SSD DD or D match. Um, I think it's individual mistakes again. I mean, where we've conceded this season has been really, really stupid lapses in judgment. It's not like the whole team broke down and we got caught in the counter and it was an amazing goal. It's like, no, Emerson misses marking his man in the last match, which you never got back to talking about it. Brandon wanted to defend it, but he swept it on the rug. I'm still going to bring it back. There's a midfielder. And Golakante didn't track his Thiago run. Silva trying to uh, make a move and tripping, and then he gets scored on. Like, just all these mistakes have been so freakish that we could have been talking about, in all actuality, a Chelsea team going into the international break that had advanced in the cup against Tottenham, had won three, potentially four of their starting season, and everything was absolutely flying in spite of this. But we just had some really as you put it, terrible luck. And so in, in my mind, if you can cut down on these individual mistakes, this Chelsea team just becomes infinitely better. Infinitely. Infinitely better. Um, all right, Nick. I guess it's down to you to save us. You, you lose if, you're, if, if Thiago Silva and Zuma or Zuma and Tamori are playing, based, playing the entire game in Palace's half. Because that's how they counter you. I mean, mm. it's, it's pretty obvious to me. Like, it, it's predicting this match and the way the match is going to be played is not hard to do. We're going to have 75% possession, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. But our, our back line has to be incredibly aware. And the, the only thing that scares me a little bit about Chilwell and Reese, to be fair, is they love to get forward. <laughs> love it. Which. No. Now, look, I know what I just said was crazy. Fullbacks playing under Frank Lampard like to get forward? Yeah. You know, Dan, the problem with that is when you do it, it leaves two center backs against potentially three Palace attackers, which is not a great place to be. So N'Golo is going to have to stay back a lot more. Um, and we're just going to have to 
hope and pray that we score a handful early and they have to come out of their shell. Because you know, if they do, we'll score a bunch. But if they are able to do the West Brom plan and it works, we're going to be in some serious trouble. Not as much confidence going into this one as we maybe would have if some results, mm. to, to Dan's point, would have gone our way. I mean, <laughs> we're not beaming, no. not radiating. The, the last time we were really I'm, confident, I'm confident what we're happened? Gonna win. Hmm? Well, put your score prediction down then. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, we're going to win 2 nothing. It's going to no be a chance. clean sheet. No chance. It's going to be two goals. Probably <laughs> Timo Warner land. getting another. And yeah, maybe uh, maybe Havertz special. You know, it's going to be the uh, the Boondas brothers. <laughs> That's... Ugh. Nick, save God. me. Save me from him. <laughs> I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. No! I do. I can't I can't get it out of my head. I can't escape it. I really wish I, I was more confident, but I I see us giving up a really terrible goal late again. Okay. Sorry. I Sorry. I'm gonna go two one. I would just like to think that we can squeak it out. Don't see a clean sheet. Um I don't see a lot of goals in this game. I look I honestly thought maybe it's three two. Maybe it's four three. At this point I'm like ready for multiples of goals to go in. I'm just hoping we get the last one before the whistle blows at this point because <laughs> i'm not 100 percent confident so uh let us know what you guys think predictions lineups score why we're gonna win why we might lose or draw uh, there's a lot to go about this uh but we're gonna wrap this one up with the champions league draw obviously that came today uh, a little irrelevant when it comes to the premier league but very relevant when it comes to uh, Chelsea having to uh, rotate their squad and balance for all these matches. They're going to be midweek. Mm-hmm. I think schedule comes out Friday morning, so probably by the time mm-hmm. you listen to this, the dates will have been determined. But, um, Dan, run us through the group, and then we can kind of talk about a couple of the other groups that stood out uh, to each of us. This uh, Didier and Maluda, Lady thumbs luck. up. Thumbs up, my men. Fist pounds, like just all around, high fives. Just like the Did old days. Did the business for us. <laughs> Maluda cross, drug beheader, bam, in. Just trying to to assist Chelsea in any way they could with getting us a really favorable Group E that we are in. We did end up with Ren. We ended up with Sevilla. And we also ended up with uh, Krasnodar, a Russian side. Krasnodar. <laughs> Sounds like it's a, a villain from a, uh, I don't know, a James Bond movie. But uh, ultimately, like, this is a good grouping to end up with when you consider some of the other groups that we could, you know, some of the other people we could have ended up with, right? We could have had Inter in our group, Nick. We could have gone up against Antonio Conte. We, we could have had Byron in our group. You know, we could have been like Manchester United, who got absolutely shafted with their group. And instead, we got something that, in my mind... We just kind of went through a doom and gloom scenario, but I hope that even you could admit this is a group that Chelsea should top. Might not be easy, but they should top this group at the end of the match day six. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we 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 got really lucky. I mean, Sevilla obviously are not pushovers, but yeah. um, but they've lost a few pieces since their um, since the Europa League win. So uh, just a heads up on that one. Um, uh, you really hate to see it if you're Manchester United. Boy, just a tremendous bummer for them. I think we all, our hearts go out uh, to United because the weird thing is in Europe, you don't get to carry over your your VAR points. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. They they don't transfer over? Like they're no. not like a European Union currency type see, situation? That, that's the thing about Brexit, Dan. 
is it's a whole different thing now. You got to do a whole translate. It's a different. The system's different. The punch card is a whole different thing. Yeah. So I mean, our group. I think we might have the easiest group. I I'm looking at this. I'm pretty sure we have the easiest group. Actually, yeah. I'm I'm locked into that. We definitely. Have I the think easiest the. Group. I actually think the Liverpool group with Ajax and Atalanta is going to be a super fun group for some match days. Oh, like, for if, sure. Like, if I'm also looking at, like, the neutral, like, I want to go watch some matches that are just going to be absolutely bonkers. Liverpool, Atalanta, and Ajax, Atalanta are going to be two incredible sets of fixtures, Brandon, across this grouping. I like I like the group B with Madrid, Shakhtar, Inter, and Mönchengladbach because I think it's mm. relatively level. Obviously, Madrid being the, the stars there, but... Again, I think it's not going to be straightforward. Uh, but I think Group F will be fun just because Zenit, Dortmund, Lazio, and Club Brugia. Not the most competitive group, which should be for a lot of punches being thrown either way. But Also, yeah, not a ton of defense in there. Not a ton. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so then you've got Group H obviously being like the most stacked one. But I would agree, Dan. I think Group D, to me is the one where I think we're going to see some really exciting stuff happening with the Liverpool, Ajax, Atalanta, and Michelin uh, club. So the fact that we pulled Krasnodar in uh, pot three and Ren in pot four, uh, obviously you're going to get Ren with the Mendy and everything else that's going on. <laughs> that's UEFA's um, just dropping a bucket. That's a storyline, baby. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you act like this was uh, not scripted. It's great to see Didier Drogba and Florent Malut up there, you know, um, getting involved. Uh, Didier Drogba collected the UEFA President's Award. As much as I think UEFA are a bunch of crooks and criminals, and same thing with FIFA, uh, good for them to show respect to someone who's earned it and deserved it. Uh, it there's there's two there there's few better people in the world than Didier Drogba, and so he deserves every plot that he gets for his on and off the pitch things that he's does. So um, yeah, I, I guess we've got what two matches in October. Two November, two in December. Let's, yeah, let's read the the potential match days. By the time you listen yep. to this, you will you will see the confirmed match days. But the potential match days are twentieth and twenty first of October, twenty seventh and twenty eighth of October, third and fourth of November, twenty fourth and twenty fifth of November. So right before Thanksgiving in the United States, uh, the first and second of December, and the eighth and ninth of December. That is a pretty tight, congested Champions League. Um, group stage in the middle of everything else that's happening in the Premier League. And by the way, Dan, that's just right before the hectic, festive period uh, in the Premier League. So uh, thoughts and prayers to all those Premier League teams who are going to go through (laughs) this. I mean, it's crazy. Here's the the reality for us is that after the national break, we come back and play Southampton on the 17th of October. Mm In a 15-day period from the 17th to the 31st, when you add in two Champions League games, we'll have five matches within 15 days. So one match every three days. So get ready for it, Chelsea supporters slash fans. You will be getting plenty of football, fast and furious. When we say there are plenty of matches for players to play in this season, this is what we mean. Kai Havertz and Timo Werner can't start every match every three days for 15 days. It's crazy. And Golo yeah. Conte is not going to, right? 
Zuma and Silva aren't going to. Chili B is definitely not going to. You have some guys coming off of injuries who can help spell for sure, and and they'll they'll do a good job. You know, Ziyech and Pulisic being a couple of those. But you know, your Ruben Loftus Cheeks of the world, who haven't quite found a loan move yet. There's gonna be time, whether it's every day or not. You know, what we'll be honest about that, probably not. But it's not as if he's not gonna play. Holy hell, man! He could play three out of every, three out of five matches in October, depending on which you know matches they are. So, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. And you know, look, we only did four pods this week, so <laughs> who knows what'll happen? Yeah, you put this much content out there, you can only get right enough of the time for it for it catch up to you. <laughs> but hey, that is gonna wrap us up for our fourth. Is it final pod of the week, Dan? We're we're good. Yeah, yeah this the is match final pod is Saturday. We record Sunday. Yeah. Okay. yeah, you're good. All right. We got. We actually take care. Uh, just the the last reminder because Nick got to shout it out last time. Uh, vote for our friends in the vote. United States because obviously we've got a wonderful uh, dispersed international audience. But hey, November third uh, is coming up quite quite soon, and uh, and there might be a registration deadline you need to look at. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it's vote.org. You can go and check your registration, make sure that you're eligible to go vote and sign up appropriately. Look, I just moved to Missouri from Kansas. I know, big move. And uh, I have to go re-register to vote. And I have to do that by October 7th. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to vote. So guess what I'm doing tomorrow afternoon? Half day at work, half day at the DMV. Let's go. Can't wait. Let's go. Boom. All day drinking. He's going to do it. It's <laughs> going to happen. He can multitask. <laughs> I'm well, going uh... to get in the Uber. They're going to take me to the DMV. <laughs> I'm going to be real drunk, but boy, am I going to get through the line. It's going to be great. I mean, you'll have a lot of time to sober up while you're waiting at the DMV. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, no, no, Brandon, you bring a flask. That's the that's the life hack. Let's not. I mean, come on. Woof. Hey, the, the message still stands. Uh, get involved. There's no excuse for uh, a lack of involvement. That's complicitness in the broken system. So, hey, that's going to wrap us up, Chelsea fans. Uh, hit us up. We got score predictions. We got lineup predictions. We got just general talk about Palace and Chelsea and Lampard in a four-two-three-one versus a four-three-three. And are we going to sack him or are we not? And oh my gosh, there's so much going on. Obviously, the best place to do that is in our Discord server uh, through Patreon. So check us out there. Uh, but thank you for hanging out with us for a big week and even bigger September. We want to make October even bigger than that. Uh, so if you would be so kind to share the episode with a, someone who needs to hear it. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Share the episode with that special someone in your life. You know? <laughs>